You're listening to the Legion of Reason. Ah, so we get on with the the show. The, the very show. Get on with the shoe. Yeah, uh, as I told you guys, I just started doing some video work uh, just for the hell of it. And I was uh, motivated by Ali Rizvi's post on his Facebook page and the comments uh, therein on, on the problem of evil. And just, uh, I just wanted to do a video and I've got all the equipment. Uh, it was fun and uh, I definitely love to do it again. You guys got any topics that you, you want to do, like, say, the kneecap? Uh, thing for Chris or Seralini for 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 Twy <laughs> Seralini. Right, right. Did you see that uh, Seralini's thing? Oh, by the way, I, I'll I'll put the link on the Facebook page uh, in a day or two. I, yeah, I, I, I wanted people to to get uh, on Twitter to so I put the link on the Twitter feed and uh, all, you know about the five people that are on Twitter <laughs> I got to see it first. So there you go. Some defamation lawsuit. That's a crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's oh, certainly yeah. thing. So certainly won a lawsuit. Yeah, that's nutty. You want to talk Whereas, about that first? You want to talk about certainly well, first? Well, here, here. I mean, oh, I'm just terrible with names again tonight. I think it's just from the travel. But um, here, the skeptics won the defamation suit, and it did cost money. So it's unfortunately to see this not happening in this case. Yeah, so let's just tell them who Seralini is. Seralini is what I call, when I looked into the details of how he came to do this so-called research, the people he's working for are much like the people against Mar- like March Against Monsanto types. Yeah, so there's big uh, conflicts of interest here. Huge. And then, of course, you're very well aware of how he did this awful study about so-called GMOs. Yeah, it's uh, GMOs producing tumors in, in rats. However, you very well know these rats when you overfeed yes, them. Yes, golly. They, yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a lot of problems with the research that, that he published. Uh, for instance, uh, as you mentioned, okay, but well, first of all, uh, if you have, even in your control group, a large number of animals showing tumors and you have various uh, uh, doses of, of uh, in this case, it would have been uh, GMO maize, and uh, this, you need a really, really high number of subjects. I mean, you're, because your your baseline, uh, so in this case, baseline tumor formation is already very high, and to show properly show a statistical difference uh, or, or a greater amount in animals eating GMO foods, uh, it, the the number of animals was insufficient, and it's one of the biggest criticisms. Uh, there were what was the tumor questions. rate? What was the tumor rate of these rats that are prone to get tumors in the non-GMO group? Oh, it was still very high, and that's one of the problems. They used the wrong strain to begin with, uh, and it, it's a much. Well, easier. I think he did that on purpose. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that. That could very well be. Uh, there's other issues that were uh, problematic in the study. For instance, for every because as you n- noted, the uh, tumor. Uh, the number of tumors is going to be related to the carbohydrate load on the animals. So you're, if you're feeding uh, different uh, amounts of GMO products to the animals, you have to have a control group for each one of those. And he did not have that. No. And 
another thing that was a problem was uh, just the uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? It, he he didn't have a dose response curve. There was no dose dependence. This is one of the, the key things that we look for in a pharmacological study, and this but is kind of very similar to that. This guy did this not to be following guidelines. Um, yeah, there were, yeah, there were, yeah, uh, there were, in 2012, the, he, he originally published the paper and then it was retracted, uh, about a year later because of ethical problems. And it, normally if you are, if he, he's not doing a cancer study, not studying the actual tumors themselves. He's studying the formation of tumors, uh, rel- you know, uh, being caused by GMO products. And you're supposed to euthanize the animal when the tumor size is uh, four millimeters, and he's, <laughs> and he's showing pictures of animals with huge tumors in his studies that were far bigger than four millimeters, and it, so it was pulled because of ethical problems. And then 2014, they basically republished the paper without any significant changes, including the, the photographs of these animals with these huge tumors. So he didn't do it ethically. He did it for um, what you would call shock factor he did it wrong for shock factor of course because if he did it right he wouldn't have the data to back you up it's and then there's this defamation defamation suit yeah uh, well did he not also select rats that already had a proclivity to worms yes he did cancer? exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. particularly if you feed him a certain way okay. so he fed him yeah. that way didn't report anything in in these like the actual media, how many of the non-GMO rats got tumors as well, but, you know, let the tumors grow to immense proportions to say, oh, look what GMO food did, even though it's it's going to do that to them, whether it's GMO food or non-GMO food. So it's just a pile of crap. And I'm trying to figure out what this defamation lawsuit was actually about. Yeah, the former chairman of France's Biomolecular Engineering Commission, uh, Mark Fallis, uh, was indicted by the High Court in Paris in, uh, on November 25th for forgery and the use of forgery. Uh, and case details have not been released, so we don't have any clue what that was about. Fallis had used the signature of a scientist without his consent in his argument that the study on Monsanto products by Serlini and his team was false. Uh, a very unfortunate thing, if true. Um, because uh, the body of research that to date shows that Serlini's uh, results are wrong. They're, they're, the, the conclusions are wrong. The, the, the uh, problems with the paper already preclude any valid conclusions anyway, but the, the conclusions that Serlini drew is actually contrary to uh, a fairly large body of research that is already out there. Yeah. And for this guy to try to say why and yet use some kind of forgery, is that what happened? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what this is going, but I really don't like it when the judicial system of any country gets involved in determining what is or is not science or, or valid. Uh, I think the, another really interesting case is the uh, six uh, scientists uh, the, the, uh, uh, that are uh, not volcanologists, but they're, they're, they study earthquakes in Italy that were indicted, uh, actually convicted of manslaughter in the earthquake in Italy in 2009. Uh, That has thankfully been overturned, and the the, uh, earthquake scientists are are now free. So it's been five years, (laughs) five-year legal process. Uh, You know, 
predicting earthquakes is next to impossible. And they got six years for manslaughter in 2012, uh, and for, for basically not doing what they could not possibly have done, and that is to predict an earthquake and what its severity would be. Uh, it was a horrible uh, case, and it's finally been rectified, but this shouldn't have happened in the first place. It's another another case of science being put on trial. I, I The whole Dover thing, you know, the one back down in the United States, I mean, at least there, there is the constitutionality of teaching uh, the creation in a, or intelligent design in a classroom. But to say when 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 the court came back with the verdict that uh, intelligent design is not science, which is true, it's not up to a court to do that. It's up to science. But, so it, it, I'm troubled by that kind of thing. I'm troubled by these stinking uh, sources I'm digging up on this to try to figure out why he's getting charged with forgery. Well, he signed a, uh, a document uh, uh, in somebody else's name. Why would you do uh, that? Why would you that? do that? I don't know. I, I in don't such really a know. high profile thing. case as well. Yeah. And then, of course, these more unethical sources like March Against Monsanto are having yeah. a field day, whereas there's practically silence everywhere else. Yeah, it's it's just interesting to read the scientific analyses of from from various parts of the world, and universally they panned the the original paper and its uh, republication, and nothing had changed between the first and second versions. There nothing new, nothing. They didn't even bother to respond to the original uh, the original reviewers, and and the problems they had with the paper besides the ethical issue. And they didn't even do anything about that because they had the same greater than four millimeter tumor size in these animals, which violates ethics guidelines. Yeah, none of this so-called whining about forgery doesn't change the fact that it was a horrible study. But of yeah, course, exactly. they're, they're it, it trying to say it does. Yeah, no, of course it doesn't. It, it's uh, <clears throat> the, the methodology was problematic. It was fatally flawed. And should never have been published to begin with. I mean, the thing is, you can publish anything in these bottom feeder journals. I mean, this is a, I can't remember what the journal was that the original Seralini paper was published in. Uh, it's like Food and Toxicology something or other. It's a journal I've never heard of. You know, if something like this uh, was properly done and came out with these results, uh, one, one reviewer uh, pointed out this would be published in Nature or Science. Yeah. You know, high high impact factor journals that, uh, you know, you want people to know about this. And instead, it's in some bottom feeder journal that has lax reviewing policies, maybe not even reviewers at all. You know, you can get any published in an online journal today. I mean, that's one of the big problems of the backlash against the large publishers like Elsevier for charging arm and a leg for journal sub, uh, subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Elsevier. Uh, so there's been a real push to these uh, tour towards forming online journals. You know there are good ones. Plus One is pretty good. Uh, other ones not so much. PubMed. But well, PubMed is a search engine. Search engine. Okay. So yeah, that's just a search engine. It's the repository of the National Institutes of Health, and you see it's just their search engine for finding uh, papers. Yeah, that explains some of the results I found then. <laughs> right. um, food and chemical toxicology. Yeah, food and chemical toxicology, yeah. yeah. Uh, impact factor, probably indistinguishable from zero. So, uh, you know, you get something like cell and it's uh, impact factor 40. 
So it's it's basically how often a paper from that journal is cited, how many people actually read it, etc. So it, in other words, how how much does does this is this paper expected to be looked at in subsequent studies in uh, for for similar experiments? I'm just looking it up on the uh, journal ranking website here. It's probably right at the last page, <laughs> <laughs> or it, it might not even be in that list. It's it's listed. Um, let's see here. H index one oh nine. I don't know. And what about all the other people saying the study's awful? They can only go after this guy because there was one forgery? Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not what Sarah Lini published is good science. Uh, I don't know why they're uh, – what they're doing is they're tr- trying to show that this there's a conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. That that's that that's the, yeah, well, seems to be what they're trying to accomplish. And that's funny. It says the bio in this one article I'm reading. It says the biotech community, along with their Monsanto counterparts, have all but proven the lengths they'll go to to discredit anyone whose science clashes with theirs. And yet, uh, many of the detractors of Sarlini's paper have no association whatsoever with Monsanto. Of course, but yeah, so you got to bring up Monsanto and biotech as a whole. <laughs> so, I mean, many of them are. are bring up that point i have i received no money from monsanto so because they know they're going to get accused of being a shill for for uh, big big what big gmo anyway what next what do we got well i have questions since i I was away about the attack on planned parenthood were employees killed uh i think one client was killed one police officer was killed and uh, I can't remember what the third victim was. Uh, of course, I'm not surprised to hear what Kevin Sorbo has to say about that. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Sorbo. This is all because of Kevin Sorbo we're talking about. It. Kevin, This is from White Right Wing Watch. Kevin Sorbo attacks Planned Parenthood following uh, Planned Parenthood shoot, uh, shooting. Uh, he First, he goes after Hillary Clinton on some radio show. And then he says uh, on the attack on Planned Parenthood by a deranged gunman, uh, he said uh, that people are more upset about the murdering that happened by this one guy instead of the 60 million murders they've committed since Roe v. Wade. Once again, we're dealing with insanity. Well, I would agree, but we're dealing with Kevin Sorbo's insanity. Uh, I don't remember any murders being committed by Planned Parenthood, and abortion is a minor component of what it is that Planned Parenthood actually does for women's health. Um, yeah, so anybody got that, uh, What uh, the vict- who the victims were? I know one was a cop, wasn't it? Yes, yep. one was a police okay. officer. Yeah, and a client even, and who probably, who, and I'll, like, yeah. the client probably wasn't even there for an abortion. No, probably there for a medical, a medically related, uh, well, of course abortion is medically related, but uh, you know, could it be something as simple as uh, uh, birth control or or just uh, a checkup? You know, mm-hmm. who knows? It, it, hell, it could even be somebody who was pregnant and not uh, there for an abortion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, care. But a lot of this has to do to do with uh, Republican rhetoric over funding of Planned Parenthood. The the grossly misleading. Uh, a piece by a hit piece by that uh, film 
You know that you oh. know that film that sh- tried to show that they were selling body parts of fetuses, which of course it, all it was was discussing the cost, you know, covering the cost of storage of fetal tissue, uh, and yeah, it, it was something else. And and of course now the the uh, rhetoric in the GOP presidential campaign, you know, all this stuff gets people riled up for bad reasons, and somebody who is uh, you know, let's face it, deranged, uh, goes into a Pan Parenthood clinic and starts shooting. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole atmosphere is toxic. What the heck's going on with the GOP? What? And it just gets worse. When you think it's gotten, it's hit bottom, then you realize, oh Jesus! And the next day they do something else uh, that's even worse. Like Trump. Trump is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Cruz is another uh, doofus who is, you know. Oh, what, how far can the GOP go before they're destroyed? Uh, you'd think that they would have been destroyed by now. Like, by then. Oh. I, I'm just starting to wonder if half the country's crazy. Hopefully it's less than half. I was hoping, Because otherwise they, the crazies get in, right? So at least Sarah Palin never got in, but... Um, she looks troubling by comparison now. I, mean, I know! I know. <laughs> Which is really bad. It's terrible to even have to say that. But I was thinking that too the other day when I was listening to or seeing some of the stuff that Trump was saying. And you know, we can move on to the San Bernardino shooting, which you know was religiously motivated. Let's face it. Let's call it what it is. It's terrorism, and it's religiously motivated terrorism. I don't care. Oh, radicalization, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, that may be true, but it's still religiously motivated terrorism. Let's let's. Call it what it is. Did did any of the employees ever come back to say? Because apparently he worked for them for five years. He was there. He got a visa. He wasn't. He wasn't um, a refugee. The guy was there, and then he brought in this crazy wife. Yeah, uh, when he, he was married in Saudi Arabia, when he when he lived there. Saudi Arabia. For two years. Not Pakistan, not Iran, not but Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, that's where the the worst are, right? The Wahhabists are mostly in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we don't know all of the details from that. Hopefully, that will come out in the uh, investigation. But it's uh, what a what a terrible thing. And you know, the United States, on average, has more than one mass shooting per day. Like, and they there's a calendar online showing what day, where this yes. was. Yeah, was it was were these two things in the same day? Uh, there were, no, not, they weren't, but there was another one that day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I don't even remember hearing about it. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you, uh, a casual thing that happens. Oh, another mass shooting today. Like, um, like, you know, it, let's compare things. It, I know that comparing United States and Canada isn't always completely uh, kosher, let's say. But in 2012, you know, we're going from the StatsCan report from the last, uh, census here in Canada. Thank you, Stephen Harper. Uh, <laughs> U.S. had a total of 8,813 murders in, uh, where firearms were involved. And you'd, being 10% of the population, we would think that you know about 88 uh, or 880 murders would happen in Canada. But that's not what happens. It was actually 172, so uh, less than a quarter uh, what you would expect just from on the basis of population uh, difference. How many did you say in the U.S.? 
Uh, that year was 8,813 murders. Okay, I thought you said 800. That's why I No, in Canada, you would, you would expect it to be 800 yeah, and, yeah. and 80 or so. And it was only 172. Uh, you, and that's just Canada. You go to some place like uh, uh, Ireland or, or Switzerland or uh, Japan. Now, Japan has the lowest rate of firearms-related murders, and it's like something like 0.01 per 100,000 people. That's because firearms are pretty much illegal there now. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, it's just this Wild West mentality, and then you have these other people saying, or the, the, you know, GOP saying, oh, if everybody had guns, this wouldn't happen. Uh, Actually, Um, it would be way worse. (laughs) Yeah, we look at Canada, okay, where handguns have to be carried with in a in a locked case with locks on the triggers and everything else I, you don't see anywhere near the killings that you do there i mean it's not by their logic there should it should be a lot worse here there should be a lot worse more mass shootings where people can't do anything about it you can't shoot them back blah 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 well all the mass shootings are happening where these laws don't exist yeah because they can get their hands on them a lot easier. I mean, in Canada, you have to get trained how to use a gun properly and then how, how to transport them properly and learn about all the laws before you can get a gun license. Well, even so, now, when, there's a, a gun control advocacy group that published some film footage of people in simulations. And you have first you have the police, and they have uh, two situations where one is a convenience store robbery, an armed convenience store robbery, and what a police officer would do in that situation and what they do is they take cover. They make sure that that nobody is in their line of fire so that when he does take down a gun-toting criminal, nobody else is going to get hurt. Now, a regular person in that same situation generally dies. (laughs) They they, they were just shot. it It was interesting to watch. Uh, the other situation was somebody who was committing larceny, theft, and was holding a box, and a, a police officer asks for ID, and and so the person pretends to go for their ID and then throws the box at the cop. The cop does not shoot because he doesn't see a gun. What does the general, uh, a person from the general population do? Blows the guy away. <laughs> <laughs> so even if you're trained to handle a gun, it takes training to to use analyze the gun the properly and yes, yeah. analyze the situation and what you need to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'd rather have the cops with the guns and not everybody else with the guns. Like even like the kid whose mom was pushing him in a cart and he just grabbed her gun and his purse and shot her in the head by accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, accidents that happen with guns down there. Tons. I mean, yeah. we're talking about mass shootings happen every day and more than every day. Like this happens. Kids, kids are shooting their parents on accident and each other and everything else. Like mm-hmm. it's not just the mass shootings that are an issue. It's that whoops, I just shot my mom because I didn't know any better. It was one of the worst episodes of bullshit. I normally like bullshit, but it was the, the worst episode they ever had, and it was on uh, gun control. This bullshit. Yeah. And Penn was saying that. He was he was citing the statistic that you are seven times more likely to shoot a family member with a gun in the house than you were to uh, uh, actually defend yourself against a criminal, against what? an intruder. And then he says, but we don't know how many people have been scared away by somebody having a gun in their house. <laughs> What's the well, logical fallacy? What's libertarian. The, well, yeah. Well, 
there is a logical fallacy here. Uh, it's an informal one. Which one is it? I'd have to go look. It's my favorite. <laughs> well, it's, it's the argument from it's a it's argument from uh, ignorance, but it's also a, a burden of proof shift too. Yeah, uh, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it was just. It was just terrible. Uh, the other one was, of course, secondhand smoking, but they retracted that. They retracted that. And this one, they're libertarians. It's more political. They're not going to retract. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> when, when something uh, basically threatens his libertarian stance, Penn Jillette is uh, does something really daft. Yeah. And he's very uncritical of the Constitution. Yeah. 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 Just defers to it without even questioning, you know, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I've I've stopped... In, when I'm arguing with Americans, I've totally stopped talking about what the founding fathers uh, wanted or whatever, because maybe we want to advance beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, do we actually want to be there? I, I agree with a lot of what the founding fathers had to say about, uh, you know, freedoms, individual rights and freedoms and the separation of church and state. Uh, but it's it's an argument from authority to just quote them and, and uh, say that here you go. You know, do we want to actually further the ideals that we uphold. Of course, I'm talking about America. Canada is very different. In Canada, you can take a rifle without having to lock it up in your case and just put it on your seat and run around and go hunting. But with handguns and such, well, that's not the case. Handguns are designed to, to kill people. That's yeah. what their purpose is. You can't go hunting with a handgun. But people worry about their freedoms. Well, if you're a freaking hunter, even in Canada, you have all the freedom in the world to just throw a gun in your truck like, without even locking it up. So I don't understand why they have to have every single gun floating around without any locked yeah. device on well, it. I mean, Wild West mentality that the GOP is stout, spouting like, oh, yeah. Well, if that lady had – if that lady was – carting her gun around safely even with a safety on it that wouldn't have happened but she had it without a safety on like what is wrong with these people uh where do you want me to begin <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I had I a hard a time feeling that. sorry for her i feel sorry for her now mother with yeah. children that kid is gonna but, be but she got what was coming to her she's life. so stupid like come on darwin ch- but except yes. that she procreated yeah you don't get to you don't get to have uh, uh get nominated for Darwin Award once you procreated. Now that kid's going to grow up, he'll probably find out he's the one that killed her. I mean, how's that going to make him feel? Exactly. He's going to be Oops, guilty. I killed my mom. Life. Yeah. I just, I've been away my mom. Uh, he seems like a nice lady and all, but... <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it's it's weird that guns have become a fashion statement. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can get a gun decked out in the colors of the American flag. Mm-hmm. You can uh, get Hello Kitty older. guns. Oh. Wow. I went to a gun show in Texas, and I was the guy's like, "You like it?" I'm like, "I'm from Canada, and I don't even know what to think." This is this is it was it was oh yeah, it's alien. Really? Hello yeah. Kitty. <laughs> oh. oh, it's for your child. Yeah. Speaking of children, did anybody see the the on the news the uh, Christmas card that one politician uh, where was that in Arizona I think sent out, and it's the family all decked out in red turtlenecks and blue jeans so it's very festive along with the, you know they even had little christmas ornaments you know uh ar-15s uh oh yes five-year-old yes. kid was carrying a glock yeah glocks are cool you know it's like what like what is your major malfunction people <laughs> what is wow. what is wrong with you that, that this is why there's so much gun violence in the united states it's just this wild west mentality you go to Austria. They have everybody has a gun there because they have to serve in the military. 
You don't see them running around with Absolutely putting not. it in Christmas freaking cards. They don't have any ammo. That's the other thing. But, uh, yeah, they have to have, they, by law, they have to have, if you're serving in the military as a you know, reservist, you have to have a weapon uh, accessible at, at any moment, right? Even that will become an anachronism. But certainly the, the whole Second Amendment was all about uh, joining the militia. Mm-hmm. It was about the security of the state. The problem is the security of state is threatened by everybody having guns. And everybody forgets that caveat, uh, the service sur- yeah, being of paramount importance. Weaponry was a little bit different back then, too. Yeah, no kidding. There's, oh, no. oh, oh, I saw this great video. This guy comes into his, uh, he's an ex-employee, he comes in carrying a rifle, and he starts shooting. But it's a, it's a black powder gun, so it's after the first shot, he misses. <laughs> and he's sitting there putting the powder in the, in the gun. And, and he's like, of course, it takes like 90 seconds for a trained person to actually do this. And, you know, guns, and basically the, the tagline was, guns have changed. And that's exactly true. I mean, you, you're allowed automatics, uh, and which are incredibly effective in close quarters, such as what happened in, in, uh, yeah, the, the San Bernardino, San Bernardino California. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, it's very efficient to spray bullets in, in a crowded, uh, banquet room. And some people are like, I call bullshit. He can't buy guns like that on 50 grand a year. I'm like, he married a wife in Saudi Arabia. Where do you think they got the guns from? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. who does it, what does it matter? <laughs> like, yeah. he got the gun. That's, that's, it, we don't they, sell guns on the basis of who, who can afford them. We sell them on the basis of who wants to buy one. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think the controversy has arisen, like, because, um, they have a terrorist watch list, and so people who are on that can't get on planes, but apparently they've been the NRA kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what Obama was talking about today. And Yeah, yeah. You know, what the it's, hell? it's a stupid loophole. You can, can't get on a plane, but you can own a gun. Yeah. What the So hell? did they get them in, in the U.S., or did they get them in Saudi Arabia and bring them in? Like, no, no, they got them in the U.S. Some of them were thought. legally bought, yeah. and some of them were bought for them. Okay, uh, so yeah. So who cares? You know, yeah. it, the... How he got, how these two got those guns? Who cares? They got and them. how they were funded, and however they left an eight-month-old daughter behind there that deranged. So, you think you think cost of a gun is going to stop them from getting a gun? And like you said, there's somewhere bought for them. Yeah, it, <sighs> it just doesn't make any sense. And uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson got into a lot of hot water because he uh, put out a bunch of tweets which were just citing facts. Um, let's read these here. Uh, 1.4 million Americans died in all wars fought since 1776, and 1.4 million Americans died via household guns since 1968. Wow. Okay. Uh, 400,000 Americans who died in fighting in World War II, 400,000 Americans who died by household firearms since 2001. Hmm. Uh, 3,400, that's the number of Americans who died by terrorism since 2001. And that's the same number as Americans who died by household firearms since five weeks ago. Wow. You know, this just puts it in perspective, right? And he got into a lot of hot water, of course, course. because saying something that, you know, didn't confirm uh, those who are into gun advocacy rights, that didn't confirm their biases. (laughs) You know, if this was a medical problem, like a pharmaceutical, seriously, Mm -hmm. a couple would have been enough to take it off the shelves. A handful. Not 3,400 in five weeks. Oh, like a medical recall or something like that, right? Oy, they, you know. Okay, yeah. so there's products coming out because kids are getting shot up in schools. There's a bulletproof blanket you can sell. Oh, you can get a backpack like that. Jeez. 
Yeah, you can get it back. People are making money off of this instead of addressing the problem. It's becoming a, here, here's some products you can send to school with your children so that when the gunman comes. The the accessorizing gun nut (laughs) for their kids. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. And so it's it's facts that put these things into perspective. And and Neil deGrasse Tyson did an awful, awesome, not awful. He did a great job. Well, awful according to the NRA. (laughs) Yeah, it's awful according to the NRA. And the gun companies love it when there's a another mass shooting because their sales go up. Uh, Gotta protect myself. Yeah, which of course you can't, and it's very difficult. Even you have to be really, really well trained in that. Anyway, what a there's a rant. <laughs> and then, of course, then there's the, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about the prayer shaming thing. And the uh, New York Daily News, they, they put out a great uh, front page uh, last Thursday. It was, uh, God isn't fixing this. It was in big, bold letters. And so there's all these quotes from people like Ted Cruz, uh, Rand Paul, Paul Ryan, and Lindsey Graham. And it's all about how they're all, their prayers are with the victims and families, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, of course, the, their prayers aren't in, uh, <laughs> you know, making any changes. There's a uh, another quote. Oh, i got to find it here. There, there's from, a, from an, a politician. that It came from a politician. It was wonderful. Chris Murphy? Yeah, it might have been that one. Do you have it on? Your thoughts. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Your, quote, thoughts, quote, should be about steps to take to stop this carnage. Your, quote, prayers, quote, should be for forgiveness yeah. if you do nothing again. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. There was another politician, uh, I think, in the House of Representatives who will re- uh, re- no, it wasn't. Oh, sorry. It was no, it was, yes, it was. Uh, refused to uh, acknowledge the moment of silence for the victims because uh, it was it was bullshit. That if you're not going to do anything to end this, that is real, that will produce real results. Is you know having a moment of silence is just plain sickening. Uh, yeah, and. So there was an article about prayer shaming. Uh, and yeah, they, they quote uh, U.S. Senator Chris Murphy in there as well, mm-hmm. uh, that we should be prayer shaming because it, unless you're going to do something real along with the prayer, uh, it's just platitudes, you know, and I'm not a big fan of platitudes. I'm like House. I agree with House. House is right. Platitudes suck. <laughs> you know, I, oh, well, <clears throat> my voice is getting hoarse. I like this bit of a rant here in that article, that the Esquire article. I'm hardly fed up with this nonsense. I'm hardly fed up with people whose personal relationships with their personal lords and saviors lead them to knuckle the poor, subjugate women, brag about their gunmanship, and topple inconvenient regimes that happen to be sitting on an ocean of oil. I'm hardly fed up with people who support... Oh, dear. And now this I don't agree with. (laughs) Whose support for Israel is based on a couple of misunderstood passages from the craziest book in the Bible in which Jesus comes back to earth as an X-man and gets some enthusiastic disemboweling. Well, I I agree with that. That whole thing with support for Israel, a lot of it is biblical in nature, and and it's, it's about the end times. But mm-hmm. the problem with that, just saying that's all it's based on is the fact that if Israel didn't get some support, they would be wiped off the map. So, yeah, uh, there, there's enough, but there's some it's not for the right reasons. Yeah. For me, it's just to hold on to some Jewish territory for Jews to live on. And, of course, then they're fighting over that, how that happens, too, <laughs> because if one oversteps their bounds or ugh, and then the constant wanting to wipe it off the map like it's. There's so much funding going towards wiping Israel off the map. <laughs> so, 
priorities. Yeah. But anybody else got anything to say on that before we move on to uh, Deepak or Cheapak Dopra? Dopra, yeah. Uh, no, but I'm glad people are starting to speak out. And yeah, there, there does need to be a change in the discourse. Yeah. Yeah. Stop praying. Start doing something. Like <laughs> not selling gun blankets for kids, like bulletproof blankets for kids, but get some damn gun laws. Yeah. You know, you, Sandy Hook it was a bunch of little kids. Mm-hmm. And that didn't do anything. What the no, hell? Because then they're like, well, they should arm the teachers. <laughs> yeah, that would have worked. Yeah, great. Lovely. Uh, because the teachers, sure, because they would have time to shoot him before he shoots a bunch of kids. Okay. This is a crazy dude with a gun. Yeah. Because it's easy for crazy dudes to get guns. He would not have gotten a gun had he had any any type of laws around making sure that the person can not be crazy. I mean, I, the gun laws here, I'm pretty sure the, with the background checks, you couldn't get a license if you're batting up crazy because you're, you're, I filled out the whole form. <laughs> you have to have medical, you have to have, you know, you have to have references. <laughs> if you're a crazy person who's been in the, eh. anyway. There was a rant. Good. Yeah. Get it out. Get it out. <laughs> We're kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, Deepak Chopra, or Cheapak Chopra, I, I prefer that. Uh, apparently, people listen who accept his bull, bullshit are uh, a score lower for verbal and fluid intelligence and are more prone to conspiratorial ideation. Interesting term. And more likely to endorse complementary and alternative medicine. By the way, this is from Forbes. And it was uh, this. This was the results of a study uh, done by uh, Gordon Pennycook and uh, et al. Just to to look, it's this must have been a fun research project. <laughs> I would love to have been in on this one, right? <laughs> um, they they actually created their own uh, BS uh, uh, scale. Statements. Yeah. Uh, it's I can't remember what they called it. There, there's a they came up with a term for it. It was really good. Uh, so they conducted a, a series of, of experiments, uh, and they, pr- they presented participants with sentences that had recognizable English syntax but were simply a series of randomly organized buzzwords. You know, it's kind of like that uh, uh, that uh, Deepak Chopra random uh, quote generator uh, <laughs> that you can go to on, on the web. Uh, like simple, something like uh, hidden meaning transformed transforms unparalleled abstract beauty uh, Totally that made my head sense. hurt. Yeah, it does. I'm trying to make sense of it out. in my head and picture what they're trying to end. It's like, ow. <laughs> so they, they took a bunch of, uh, no, they had these quotes from that are randomly generated words. And they got a bunch of stuff off of Deepak Chopra's Twitter feed. And, and it's nice because you can have these short sentences and you have this 140 character limit um, <laughs> in Twitter that, that makes them very similar. Uh yeah, it's it's rather an interesting study. So, uh, and so in general, the profoundness ratings that participants gave the uh, bullshit statements were uh, not statific- statistically significant from those they gave to uh, Chopra, uh, uh, Chopra, Deep, no, sorry, Chopra, Chopra, Chopra's uh, tweets. <laughs> uh, so, 
the the author's the the uh, last paragraph in this says the authors also draw an interesting distinction between types of open-mindedness one that might explain why people who are on the same side of the aisle politically can have very different responses to super pseudoscience uh, pennycook and colleagues contrast reflexive or uncritical open-mindedness in which a person is accepting of information but doesn't pause to evaluate inherent conflicts or other features like it's uh, completely meaningless i suppose and reflective or active open-mindedness in which a person seeks information for the purpose of critical thinking. You know, that's like the someone being open-minded uh, versus somebody who is so open-minded that their brains start to spill out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love the title of the paper, On the Reception and Detection of Pseudo-Profound Bullshit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it should be a technical term. Um, Pseudo-profound bullshit. I like it. Yeah. Pseudo-profound bullshit. Yeah. Or yeah. deepity, I guess, is another way of putting it. So what I did was I found a bunch of Deepak Chopra's tweets, and I also created some from a random generator. And so now we're going to test uh, whether you guys can determine oh, which is the real, <laughs> the real oh, no. quote and which one is made up. And is this one's completed. supposed to be hard. It's, it's harder than By you think. Way, First, by the way, Randy, that yes. article is actually two pages, so that wasn't actually the yeah. last paragraph. Oh, was it two pages? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's well, one anyway. of my favorite parts of the, the second page is that, oh, and is this it? Well, the <laughs> amount of times that he got to say BS in the paper, that was one of his favorite parts. <laughs> if I wish I could quote right now, but my, oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, Bullshit comes uh, in. I'm sure, oh. yeah, I'm sure that much of the coverage of this publication will focus on the inherent hilarity of an entire academic paper devoted to assessing susceptibility to bullshit and the use of a potty word in a study report that includes priceless sentences such as bullshit comes in many forms and we have focused on only one type. <laughs> and bullshit is not only common, it is popular. Chopra, of course, just one example among many. And this is not to say that everything Deepak Chopra has written is bullshit. Actually, I, <laughs> dude, I beg to differ on that one, but yeah. <laughs> but what emerges from the seemingly tongue-in-cheek research the first author is pretty pleased at having the word <laughs> bullshit appear over 200 times in the paper. That's got to be a record. <laughs> so, yes, they're quite proud of their work. Uh, anyways, <laughs> back to this difficult test you prepared for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, true skepticism suspends both belief and disbelief. Ouch. Ch- oh, Chopra. Because he hates skeptics. Yeah, I'll vote for that too. Because Dopra hates skeptics. Okay, that's that's actually correct. That's uh, Deepak Chopra tweet. <laughs> uh, how about this one? In the midst of movement and chaos, keep stillness inside of you. Ew! I hope that was generated. No, I bet it's him. Uh, final answer on that one, uh, Twyla. Yeah, generated. Oh, yeah, it was actually a, a real tweet. Oh, not a <laughs> Chopra. <laughs> Greatness self-interacts with subjective destiny. Ouch. <laughs> I don't say that's from him. So, so uh, Twy says generated. Uh, Chris says it's true. Chopra. No, well, it's uh, not true. It's, it's well, Chopra. Yeah, it came, it's, it's a real <laughs> one. It came out of the, yeah. So it's uh, that's from the random generator. Yay, okay. we're tied again. <laughs> Dynamic activity and deep rest of the mind are completely are complementary to each other. What? I'll say it again. Dynamic activity and deep rest of the mind are complementary to each other. <laughs> I'll that say sounds it's, like G-back. Yeah, I'll say it's him. Okay, yeah, you're both right. That's, that's a <laughs> tweet. That's a twit. I think we're just calling it a twit. <laughs> twit. 
happiness is a continuation of happenings which are not resisted. Generated. No, that's that's a real Deepak twit. That last part got me. (laughs) (laughs) We're still tied. (laughs) Culture heals an expression of joy. Okay, that has to be generated. Yeah, I'll say generated too. You're right. That's a random generated one. The soul is the foundation of a symbolic representation of creativity. Oh, that's him. Nope. Randomly generated. Really? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The fear of death comes from limited awareness. Um, I'll say him. He's always going on about certain things. Say it again. The fear of death comes from limited awareness. (sighs) Is he really? I know he talks about enlightenment a lot, but well, let's say it's him. Yes, it is. Okay. That's, that's him. And here's the last one. Your consciousness is inextricably connected to subtle sexual energy. <laughs> I'll say that's him. <laughs> I'll quit generated. Randomly generated. Yay, I win! Woohoo! <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, replica of his bullshit, though. No, it's yes, amazing. I, the, the, the comparison between his tw- twits and... And yeah, it, it's just just garbage. It's it's nonsense. <laughs> it's it's you know they're not even always syntactically correct nonsense. You know, I always think of you know just because some words you can string words together in a syntactically correct manner doesn't exactly uh, you know, imply any meaning to what is being said, right? Yeah. Impact Chopra is a, is a fine example of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Was quantum in any of those quotes? No, I didn't hear actually, quantum was not. That's shock- uh, now, I have I have to say that I made them I made this difficult because I, I you know we're got our BS detectors are a little better and we kind of have an idea of what Deepak would say so I chose the Deepak uh, quotes that were closer to being more like the random ones but these are still his yeah. uh, kind of you know it's still his nonsense it's just amazing the the complete lack of any substance to any things that he says. It's just a, it's a profound. That's <laughs> about the only profound thing about the guy, right? I don't know. Uh, I guess I just got one last thing. It's the Catholic Diocese of Salt Lake City. They're investigating a bleeding host. Oh, that's <laughs> another puzzle. Oh. Something came to mind that I can't say, but anyway. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I cannot say it. <laughs> and shame on me for even think thinking what it. They want. No. <laughs> so, so I'm this, pretty sure I'm so thinking. Are you, are you Donald Trump? Are you being yeah, Donald Trump? I, I kind of am. It's uh, Making scary. <laughs> so this wafer, and I, now, it it's, appears to bleed three days after communion. <laughs> This is from Fox 13 in, in Salt Lake City. Uh, way to go, Fox. You're keeping it classy, as usual. Well, this is the, the sketchiest part. Um, so there's a Holy Communion. A host was returned to the Father. Yeah. Overseeing the service. So, so this thing is handed to the guy. And, and mine's not cooked yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I ordered well done, not rare. <laughs> yeah. What does that happen? Isn't that... Isn't that wouldn't that be blasphemy in itself to return it? Yeah. Like, did it taste funny? Like, I don't what? know. I, I send food back occasionally to the chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is communion. <laughs> Have you never seen communion? You don't send shit back in a communion. Uh-huh. You don't. I, 
Uh, I think in this case, if that was true, I'd definitely be sending it back. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's bad enough that they drink all out of the same uh, chalice. And uh, I tell you, one of the worst places to, to uh, you know, you, I hope everybody's vaccinated. They just say that yeah. much about people. Well, that, and who's church. to say somebody didn't just bring something wonky in their pocket? And give it back well, to the exactly. guy. Well, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's like, uh-huh. And who says it's a wafer? And and they show the, the wafer. Is that in water or something? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Like it's supposed to dissolve with it. How does a wafer survive water? What kind of wafer is that? Well, I think the, the thing is that usually it does um, dissolve or whatever, right? Or Yeah, but this this but, this thing that, that was given to the dude is stuck in water, and apparently it bleeds instead of dissolving. Okay. It doesn't that kind of thing tip? people off that the, the more the, the parsimony tells us or the principle of parsimony tells us that the simplest explanation is, is mo- the most likely one the one with the f- fewest assumptions and uh and definitely the one with the fewest miracles to it <laughs> you know like what the it's hell? a type of mold and three days later uh gee no, no symbolism <laughs> there right uh the host yeah. was still floating <laughs> so jesus didn't drown uh, <laughs> and it appeared to be bleeding. Well, uh, so, so guess what they're doing with this thing? They they have an ad hoc committee of individuals with various backgrounds to investigate yeah, the matter. Yeah, none of them is a science background or a various background. backgrounds. So yeah, they create a they appoint a committee to take a look at this. Like, seriously, <laughs> they just need to get online and look up you know wafer mold or whatever. <laughs> Wait for host mold I looked up because this happened in 2012. Okay. Um, and I, I can't find the name of the mold on here, but this is not the first time that's happened. Yeah, you can get red molds. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So they, yeah. how long have those wafers been sitting around? Ew, and where have they like been that. putting them Imagine, in damp and, places? And it gets put in your mouth. You don't put it in your mouth. The guy, you guy that comes up to you, you got your mouth hanging open with your tongue hanging out. They stick it on, on your mouth. They yeah. stick it on your tongue. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe it tasted really awful and it did get handed back. Yeah, like I said, send it back to the chef. Yes, all of this crap. So this is a statement from Monsignor Francis Magnon, who's uh, head of the committee. He says, recently reports of a bleeding host at St. Francis Xavier. That's like X-Men. Hey, cool. Uh, church in, in Cairns have been circulating within the diocese. Monsignor Colin F. Berkhamshaw, diocesan uh administrator has appointed an ad hoc committee of individuals with various backgrounds to investigate the matter. The work of the committee is now underway. The results oh. will be made public. Oh, I'm waiting with bated oh. breath. <laughs> the host is now in the custody of the <laughs> custody. custody. <laughs> like, okay. Dun, 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 uh, of the diocesan administrator. Contrary to rumor, there are no current plans for public exposition or adoration. <laughs> <laughs> I like this last bit here. No, you read it. Whatever the outcome of the investigation, we can use this time to renew our faith and devotion in the greatest miracle, the real presence of Jesus Christ that takes place at every Mass. Just like uh-huh. the great the, the, the great <laughs> pumpkin at Halloween. <laughs> Ew. If it is red mold, that is so gross. The poor bugger who had it in their mouth. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm so glad I got to witness communion as a kid now because I'm just picturing this person's face you know the first problem is that the wafer is out of sight you know it, it's it's you don't know what happened to it between the time it was given to the parishioner and it was returned put in the parishioner's mouth you mean <laughs> yeah and how did <sighs> oh well 
So the, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be um, googling uh, wafer mold now. <laughs> Everybody, Google wafer mold. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what you see cannot be unseen. Wafer host mold is what I googled, and you know you can do images, and there's plenty of those too. And they're and red, I bet. Yeah, just of like course. this thing. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. Google's wonderful. It does look kind of fuzzy in this video too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, that's all I got Ceratia, for tonight. Ceratia merc and mercensens. Oh, this is the scientific name, uh, the toxic yeah. name. Red bacterium. Why don't they just say red bacterium? But what's with all this Latin crap? Uh, you know, it's just like <laughs> it's it's interesting. Well, I, well, like, there's the problem is that there's more than one common name for usually for a lot of things, but uh, the problem is there's also a lot more than one scientific name for things too which really makes things confusing mm-hmm. uh, it's like it's like all the muscles on on the leg uh you guys saw my my wife's picture I of did. my leg yeah she she funny. was using a marker she's a nursing student now and <laughs> she's marking on my leg all the different muscles uh, all over the place so my my leg is covered with uh marker tattoos <laughs> and it's an awesome way to study though yeah, i like it's it. an awesome way to study and and well I, she was doing that while i was surfing the net and uh, it was, uh, yeah, so I got this picture of my leg covered in, uh, you know, the vast, uh, ah, I can't even think of the names for the, for the quads, the vestesius. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> it's things like that. There was all the different ones, the soleus and the et cetera, et cetera. But she's complaining about, you know, why don't they just, you know, instead of giving them Latin names, why don't they change it to English? It's a dead language. <laughs> It is a dead language. Because then it's universal when you're working with a doctor who's Chinese. Well, it depends on whether or not he's a doctor of uh, uh, acupuncture or something. <laughs> then, then he's talking about the, surgeon, surgeon. the meridians. That's but, not really true, though. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. What? <laughs> so, oh, I'm, I'm stereotyping Chinese really doctor. doctors. No. Oh. You can be Chinese and be a doctor. Obviously, yes, yeah, yeah. but um, if you're flogging um, bullshit, then you're not really a doctor. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I've got a couple of interviews lined up. I'm not sure if we're going to get one of them done before Christmas. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, I wanted to talk about Christmas, but I'll talk. Yeah, about, I'll talk about the. Uh, I'll talk about the upcoming uh, interviews we have. Uh, We have Ali Rizvi, who we met in Red Deer. Yes. We're looking at uh, after January 5th. Oh, cool. Uh, So we will have him on. He's he's agreed to be on. And uh, another uh, person who is running for the House of Representatives in Texas. Wow. And uh, it is Kristen Padgett, and she is openly atheist. Wow. In Texas. In Texas. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to have her on. Uh, she said Excellent. it would be lots of fun, probably January. Uh, I haven't uh, set a date for either of those yet, but that's upcoming. And, of course, uh, Aaron Ra has to make good on his promise to uh, make an appearance. <laughs> uh, he said anytime, so. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so going on to uh, Christmas ideas, and yes, I celebrate Christmas. And Newton Mist. Uh, whatever Yule. you want to call it, I don't care. Uh... And then right before Christmas, it's usually uh, solstice. Solstice, yeah. There's the solstice party coming up on the twentieth, right? I yeah. like solstice parties. Uh, Where's that? See if I. It's a. The, is it the Doug, uh, Pig and Duke? Uh, no. Or somewhere I, else. 
Let's we check the tickets. I didn't get any it's tickets. So. Two animal pub name things, so you're close. <laughs> <laughs> ah, where's my ticket? Oh, no. Lose your ticket. I won't. I usually put it exactly where it, uh, the date that it is being held on. Oh, here we go. It is at the um, Donegal Irish Pub, actually. This had right. nothing to do with animals. 1637 37 Street Southwest. And that's yeah. on the 20th at what time? 7 o'clock. And tickets are available from at the door, I think, but uh, CFI. Yeah, I think they're early cheaper. If you get them early. Yeah. Yeah. Help them prepare in advance, too, if you get them earlier. Well, you know what? One thing I do want to also do is have a question and answer show. Hmm. And if so, so if people out there have any questions and are too lazy to Google, uh, you can send uh, us a question uh, or two or three because we might get five people sending it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, because uh, I think it would be really interesting. As long as it's within the uh, mission of the podcast, uh, I think it would be, it'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. So, so anybody got any questions out there? Just uh, send them along to us at uh, the underscore legion at the lead or at legionareason dot com, or or put them up on the Facebook page or IMSM on Facebook or whatever. Make a little event on Facebook. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll Question do. and answer event. It's not really an event, but they can put all their questions on that particular event page then. All right. Uh, Ah, yes, the the Christmas gifts for secularists and skeptics and atheists. Uh, I've got the books. i got dibs on the books because I, I'm, I'm a book guy. I think uh, I always give books along with other things, but I always give books to everyone at Christmas. Nice. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I try to tailor it to the person's tastes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but uh, for the atheist and uh, you know, they, uh, actually, I was kind of beaten to it by a friendly atheist, uh, Hemant Mehta. Uh, he he has a list of the best atheist books in 2015, and uh, uh, there's some of them I hadn't heard of. Uh, From Apostle to Apostate, the story story oh. of the clergy project. Okay. Uh, which is, of course, that's by Catherine Dunphy. Okay. And for it's a has a forward by uh, Richard Dawkins, and uh, it, it's about, of course, uh, the uh, effort made by Daniel Dennett and uh, uh, Dan Barker to set up a safe space for... Now, this is where I actually like safe spaces because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the university thing, oh, come on. You're, you're oh, banning speakers because you don't agree with the ideas. Ah, that just makes me... You know, even if I disagree with somebody, I'm not into banning a speaker from coming. I mean, unless, unless they're into hate speech, you know, something, you know, things where free speech doesn't apply. Uh, Did you see the video of Miriam Namazi's talk at uh, where was I it? I haven't now? seen the talk, but uh, that yeah. was in the UK, and then she was uh, basically uninvited from speaking at a university there because yeah, you know, but, I, I'd but love to have speak, her on that. and um, she was basically harassed throughout the duration of her talk. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not how you handle it. Yeah. And speaking of Dan Barker, uh, uh, another book that made it onto uh, Hammett's. Uh, List is uh, Life Driven Purpose by Dan Barker. Uh, How an Atheist Finds Meaning. Uh, that's an issue. You know, it's it's a this is the kinder and gentler side of of the books. Okay. Uh, there's also an uh, another book by Raif Badawi and tra- translated uh, by Ahmed uh, Danny Ramadan. And of course, Raif Badawi is serving that uh, was it ten year sentence and a thousand lashes. Uh, apparently, they're gonna stop the. Uh, the uh, lash punishment altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good, but th- 
the whole thing should never, you know, they've, they're arresting poets now in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's crazy. That's, it's insane. Um, so the book is called A Thousand Lashes, uh, the number 1,000, because I say what I think. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we were actually selling um, signed. Co- well, re- um, sorry, um, Sam had a signed copy of that signed by um, his wife. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at uh, our silent auction at the uh, non-conference, or sorry, not the non-conference, the um, Alberta Secular Conference. Yes. Yeah, didn't sell, believe it or not. So if anybody wants to put a bid on that. Yeah. So and the, and the money goes to Atheist Alliance International. And yeah. A worthy cause. Yeah, I've kind of got it on hold for our next event, but if somebody wants to, I think our minimum was $100 for that. She signed it in Arabic. Oh, okay. So you can never know who it was. What's up? <laughs> You'll never know who, who it was. <laughs> they signed it. Uh, another book that uh, Hammett uh, recommends that I've read and I highly recommend is uh, John Loftus' uh, How to Defend the Christian Faith, Advice from an Atheist. And this is a really good book. It makes a lot of great points and it, it, it just underscores the impossible situation that uh, uh, apologists have in defending their religion. It's, it's really good. A lot of good arguments in there, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Losing Our Religion, How Unaffiliated Parents Are Raising Their Children by Crystal Manning. So for those who are interested in atheist parenting. Uh, Faith Ed, Teaching About Religion in an Age of Intolerance. Linda K. Wertheimer, and my cat is, can you hear my cat? Yeah. He's going crump, 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 crump. He's a, he's a little munchkin. He's uh, he's just romping around playing. Uh, it's about teaching about religion in an age of intolerance. It's Linda K. Wertmeyer. I have not read that, so I cannot make any uh, uh, any uh, blah, uh, statements about it. Uh, another one I haven't read uh, is written by David Seidman. What if I'm an atheist? A teen's guide to exploring a life without religion. That is a, sounds like a very interesting book. For uh, questioning, uh, not sound, sounding like atheism is like coming out of the closet, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, another book, when Wendy Thomas Russell wrote, uh, Relax, It's Just God, How and Why to Talk to Your Kids About Religion When You're Not Religious. Yeah, that sounds like a niche market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, Cra- Cra- ah, Ryan Cragen, How to Defeat Religion in 10 Easy Steps, a Toolkit for Secular Activists. Hmm. Uh, that probably would go along with another book, which is uh, I am reading right now. It's David Silverman's Fighting God, an Atheist Manifesto for a Religious World. Uh, he makes some great points. I've only read the first couple of chapters, but he makes great points that I completely wholeheartedly agree with. And I probably talked about it on the podcast, like people calling themselves agnostic versus atheist. Uh, stop doing it. And I agree. <laughs> stop doing it. Uh, Faith versus Fact by Jerry Coyne. Why Science and Religion are Incompatible. I, I love this book. Uh, it's Jerry Coyne. And it's Jerry Coyne, of course, who's a very cogent writer and very entertaining as well, who has recently retired from his position at the University of Calgary, or University of Chicago, excuse me. I wish he was at the University of Calgary. Uh, this one is a book I really want to read. Uh, it's by Sam Harris and Majid uh, Nawaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Majid was a former extremist, uh, Muslim extremist, and was imprisoned in Egypt. And while he was in prison, changed his mind because he happened to be imprisoned or in the same prison as the people that assassinated uh, Anwar Sadat and they've kind of renounced their their actions and so he's he's actually had had a change of mind and it, the book is called Islam and the Future of Tolerance a dialogue and it's I've heard nothing but good about it uh from Ayan Hirsi Ali a heretic why Islam needs a reformation and the one book that isn't in there that I would recommend is uh, Chris Matheson's book, and uh, we we 
interviewed him along and uh, as well as uh, John Loftus in episode 144. He's the uh, screenwriter for, or one of the screenwriters for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is a, a really big favorite movie of mine from the 80s. And he wrote a book called The Story of God, a biblical comedy about love and hate. Now, the reason I like this book is because it comes to the absurdity of the Bible from the perspective of God. And I think if you got somebody who's whom you kind of want to push or nudge gently in in the direction of atheism, this might be the book for it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the the book side of things. <laughs> Anybody else got any ideas for for atheist, secularist, skeptical gifts? I just like nerdy stuff, so I always get people something with the science bent to it, or there's or something. Star Wars is big this year, so unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Star well, Trek guy. Hopefully this some, one will be better than the other three. I want somebody to invent an atheist rosary so I can hang it on my rearview mirror. <laughs> oh, right, right. Well, yeah, That's there, a good idea. Somebody, has, is a, somebody into crafting could, could do that. Talk yeah, to Surly Ramix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ramix. Yeah, I have a um, – I think it's from Surly Ramix. I got them at Tam. They're, they're cufflinks that are enamel oh, nice. with the red A on them. I like those. They're actually very nice. Hmm. But of course, that's yeah. what about them. Don't forget about our online store at atheistlines.org, too, for some atheist oh, gifts. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, live, I live in Red Deer, so anything I get that's atheist-related would have to be bought online, of course, and the books are a perfect idea. It's almost getting too late to get things delivered by Christmas now. Well, no, because you can expedite parcels, so. Yeah. But by the time this actually gets out, maybe that's true. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get on the uh, getting them out faster. Sometimes I'm really fast, and sometimes I'm like, nah. Uh, yeah, you know, it just uh, depends on my mood. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I was gonna quickly talk about my talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You had your talk. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, that was yeah. um on the 28th, Saturday, November 28th, at the university, and I basically spoke about. Um, um, blasphemy, no, uh, sorry, blasphemy laws and uh, the International Coalition Against Blasphemy Laws, which Randy, you and I are part of, and uh, Atheist Alliance International is as well, and gave a bit of a rundown on blasphemy laws in Canada and worldwide. And um, I had somebody very, very kindly contact me who wanted to talk about blasphemy laws in Islam. And I said, hey, why don't you join me on stage? I'd be happy to introduce you. And, and um this person still has family and doesn't feel safe to actually stand on stage. So I was, um, I basically quoted what he said to give, you know, some insight into, um, just, just how pervasive this problem is in, in that world, right? So, um, yeah, and some ideas on how people can help. And that was, that was about it. And I had no EV. So I had to, um, like, I was like, okay, everybody come around my nerd book, but the room was a little too full. But fortunately, I was able to uh, carry through without visuals. They would have been added um, and enhanced the presentation. But uh, for those who requested it, I just sent them the presentation after the fact. But uh, yeah, I think it went, I think it went pretty well. The Q&A afterward was great. You know, a lot of really good conversations. It wasn't so much um, asking me questions as a really good conversation. There was um, um, few enough. It was a good turnout, but there was few enough people that you could still have a, a nice discourse around the room and that kind of thing. So that was great. Yeah, yeah really this would be good it. for a monologue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty of things that we could do for monologues. Oh, hey? yeah. 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 You saw my posting on the uh, veil thing, hey? Oh, yeah, I did. I read it. Yeah. Because, yeah that was another yeah. one I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, 
you know, the, the whole violation of rights really makes me nervous, that kind of thing. It's that people yeah. that are so willing to do that, easily willing. Uh, yeah. It doesn't sit well with me. Well, and, you know, on on the topic of it, one of the things I thought about, well, you know, it's misogynist. Okay, I agree with that. But yeah, if absolutely. I see a guy in a misogynist T-shirt, am I going to say he can't wear it? No, it's going to offend me, but I'm not going to go around restricting what clothing he can wear just because yeah, it's, it's the whole Matt Smith thing all over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, some of the arguments are a little bit uh, interesting, shall we say. Yeah, we might want to. Yeah, that. Like I said, that might be a good uh, monologue as well. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't educate legislate to educate. You can't do that. Yeah. Or it doesn't work. You're not you're you're just a it further. And you create victims out of the victims. You're just exactly. victimizing people. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you going to punish it? How are you going to implement that punishment? Or sorry, who are you going to punish? Yeah. Who are you the wrong punish? Gets punished. And how are you going to punish them? Right. It's the imams and, and the uh, husbands and. A family. The, yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, we've got examples now because it's been illegal in in, um, in France, France yeah. right? So now we have some um, data to go on to find out how well it's been received and what's happened and the consequences not only for the people that have been penalized, but also for the people that have had to impose that penal um, penalty, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, interesting topic. That's good. So it went well. Lots of questions? Um. Yeah. Lots of questions and lots of sharing and feedback, and um, it was great. It was a really good conversation. Oh, it was a lot of fun as usual. Yeah, yeah. It's nice being able to rant. I talked more than I than I should have, but nah. Let's go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Take care, guys. Right. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Bye. 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 been listening to the legion of reason coming to you from calgary canada if you enjoyed listening to this podcast please consider reviewing us on itunes music was provided by dean morrison and graham hill and used with permission uh my computer sucks but